Marvel DC Marvel DC Marvel DC 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 Marvel 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 No Image or Dark Horse Reality of the words. That's disgusting. Hello. That's disgusting. Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. The Geek Chat. Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Geek Chat. I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we're your hosts for this roughly hour-long delve into comic book land. We're going to swim in the oceans of ink and, and, and bathe in the word bubbles. Of the Masters. Yay! Yay. <laughs> yeah, so Rich is kind of in low energy right now because he just worked a full day. And some of these books today, unfortunately, you know, last week we had a really, really good uh, show. We had a lot of really uh, good books that we really enjoyed. And this week, mm, it's kind of hit or miss. But, you know, not not all weeks can be winners, everybody, unfortunately. So um, without further ado, let's get to it. Which one would you like to do first, Rich? I think we should go over a brand new number one called Dragonfly and the Global Guardians from Graphic India. Number one. This was only 99 cents. But Wait, you charged me $3.99 for it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Dragonfly and the Global Guardians was created by Sharad Devarajan, story by Ron Mars, who you might remember from such books as... Superman. Superman. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Pencils by Thiago Vale, inked by Emmanuel Braga, and colors by S. Sundar Akkanan. Lettered by, why did I pick this book first? Aditya Bioikar. Uh, so under apologies. Very <laughs> sorry to anyone who might be listening yeah. if I butchered your name. Yeah, we practiced and we still, sorry. So the whole point of this book is it's the children of superheroes that disappeared. And one of them, the leaders of... Dr. Samsara and Vajra the Lightning Man, their daughter actually had a vision of her mother and of these weird aliens that are coming to reattack Earth. The aliens are the ones like that... Like the Devastators or something? Uh, not, what were they It called? was very generic. The, the alien name was very generic. Yeah. I felt kind of bad because the, the, the name of the aliens was somewhat generic, and I was like, wow. And I have to agree, because the rest of it isn't generic. I really liked this book. I liked the art. I liked that kids look like kids. Um, so anyhow, this girl goes, Dragonfly goes, to all the other children of the missing superheroes and basically recruits them and says, look, Earth's going to be attacked again. I think we can save our parents. Do you want to help? Yeah, because the parents disappeared. During the last invasion, it's like they sacrificed themselves in order to, to destroy the, the fleet. And now the, fl- the, the the alien fleet. And now the alien fleet is back. And uh, again, Dragonfly had a premonition. And so she needed to kill herself. Yeah, the Destructoids. G-Man. And the Destructoids. Yeah, basically. I don't know. It's like an 80s card. Seriously, it, it looks like there's something that you would you would uh, ask your mom for for Christmas. Mommy, can I have the Destructoids? 
I actually see this as toys. Like, I can see this group. Think of Captain Planet. Think of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Think of different groups that come together. It's like a Saturday morning cartoon. It is. It looks like a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. I enjoyed this a lot. I will actually be reading the number two. It was for kids, so definitely some all ages of book. I love that her brother, who has superpowers too, and, and he shows up and kind of helps out. But it's pretty much an all-female team except for the, brother, the older brother. And he calls himself Vajra. So it goes back. He's taking his dad's hero name. Yep. Um, really well done. The art, the colors pop. The costumes are cute. There's humor. I will agree. I think the thing that really killed it for me was how generic the villains were. These weird aliens, they don't even have, like, a very distinct look. That was the only part I was a little... Yeah, like uh, an insectoid-type race. And all these kids, I love how all these kids have attitude. You notice that? Oh, yeah. Like, all the kids have attitude. I'm like, wow, you guys are all attitude. Although, the, the one thing I didn't like, though, real quick, is, like, they're all these, like, you know, teen girls, and they're all like, yeah, young. Some are younger, and they're like, we're going to do everything. We're so cool. Yeah, we're gonna be awesome. I'm like, yeah, girl power, right? And then the older brother shows up, and he's like, oh, he's cute. I'm like, really? <laughs> Gross, really? Ugh. So that was kind of cliched, but, you know, they, you know, whatever. So, other yeah. than that, other than that, I thought, you know, if you want a book, you know, for a youngin and get them into get them into superhero comic books, this is really, really good. You know, and it has a diverse cast of and it, characters. Yeah, I was going to say they're all different nationalities, different ages, different powers. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. That was a highlight of some of the other books we'll be reading. So the next book we want to talk about is uh, from IDW. Uh, it's Helena Crash. And it was uh, written by Fabian Ringel Jr., art by Warwick Johnson uh, Cadet Cadwell. Um, and the Helena Crash logo was created by Dylan Todd. Letters by Iron Bark. And yeah, so the artwork was completely done. The the pencils, the inking, it looks like the coloring as well was done by Warwick uh, Warwick Johnson uh, Cadwell. And yeah, so Helena Crash tells the story of the the far future in which you know things are not as they seem. We have coffee's like, illegal. Coffee's illegal or regulated. We have we have various looking humanoid Creature creatures. Uh, and there is this woman who was a courier named Helena Crash. She doesn't have a last name. She had to, they gave her her last name, you know, because she was an orphan and she doesn't know anybody. And, and she's out and she's a courier and she's like, I'm in this future you know, city and I'm doing what I got to do. And so people hire her to bring some coffee to someone. L, L, what's his name? L. He wears a, what are they called? A, a luchador mask. He wears a mask. Yeah. A He's like mask. Bane. He kind of is like Bane, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, they call her Signorita Crash, and and uh, she has to go and uh, bring this guy uh, his coffee. But it was just a front. It was just a front because she wanted to. He wanted to test her skills because this this kingpin slash Bane character wants her to take out uh, the White Demon, which is another mob boss, and he's a mob boss and. And she's like, I have to stay neutral. I don't get into this shit. You know, if you want me to deliver you something, I will. But other than that, I'm out. And then she leaves. And then the guy's like, follow, follow her. her. Follow her. Learn everything you know about Helena Crash. Um, 
I story wise, you know, it, it seemed like it could be something fun and interesting. The only thing that's holding this comic back, and the only thing, in my opinion, because the, I thought it was she's a strong, kick-ass female. She's she's you know in this really you know future dystopian world. She seems really cool. It's just the artwork. It's just the artwork is just it's like this. I don't know. It's like it's like uh, Jim Mafut a little bit. But people were comparing it online to Paul Pope. Uh, no, this is not anything like Paul Pope. Uh, if anything, it's closer to Mafud than anything. That's, they were saying it's a cross between the two. No, no, it's more Mafud than anything. But it's just it just lacks that that substance or those or those angles that that Mafud. It, it just looks a little too flat. I don't know something about it that just doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work. I don't know. There's something wanna, about it. You want to know what this book gave me? What. So for all you guys and gals listening out there, Des and I are working on a comic book, and this book gave me hope that you and I could draw our own comic book. So, yeah. Um, So Rich didn't like it. Uh, Rich did not like the artwork at all. So to be honest, guys, I made it to page like four, and I'm like, I can't do this. And Des was like, that's not fair, and I'm like, you're right. You read it. I'll read it. So I sat and <laughs> read it. That is fair that I had to read like, it, and you didn't. And it was it's not like, fair because we have to give good uh, reviews. We have to review the whole thing, all our work, all, all. Yeah, it was not a good issue, though. It wasn't a very strong issue. I mean, again, I thought the writing was pretty good. Like, she seemed but like an interesting character. Would you read the next issue? No. Dragonfly. Would you read the next issue? I, well, Dragonfly's Dragonfly was a much more complete story. It just. Like, just some of the figures in this, I know it's going for an abstract style. I get that, but... But the story, the story, what you said, basically you wrapped it up. She doesn't know who she is. She crashes her car. She lives in a futuristic world, and this mob boss wants her to find some person. Well, she wants her to kill this person, That's but she story. says no. And then it's, it's got probably probably going to be a story about them, you know, blackmailing her or, or, or getting her is it four, to do something. Is it one of four? I, I can't see this being an ongoing... Uh, probably it's probably a it's probably a uh, a four, four issue. I I can't remember. I think it says something in the back, but yeah, it is. I don't know. Just it, the one thing holding it back, unfortunately, is the artwork. It's just the artwork just didn't do anything for me. Just didn't do anything for me. Um, and I and I'm saddened by that. I really you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I always like I always like new IPs to like you know, to be able to um. Kind of transcend that. I know they're trying to do something different, but it's the style just didn't work. For me, it was they're really. After I read it, I was like, there really is no reason for me to go to the next one. I, I don't know. Just again, it just seemed like it was trying to be very hip and very you know, uh, very now and on trend. But it just it just didn't. It just it fell flat. Well, yeah, like the Helena crashed. Oh wow! All right, so moving right along, um, the next book. The next book we're going to read is a new one from Marvel, and it's just in time for the uh, Netflix TV show that came out. That everyone seems to hate? Well, uh, uh, yeah, everyone seems to hate it, and this comic, unfortunately, is probably going to follow suit. So, it's Iron Fist. Iron Fist, number Number one one from uh, Marvel Comics, and remember my, my, my belief, guys, that no Marvel comic is an ongoing comic, so... Nope. And I doubt Iron Fist will see 12 issues. So, nope. Ed Brisson was the writer, Mike Perkins was the artist, Andy Troy was the color artist, and VC's Travis Lanham was the letterer. So I do want to say, I liked Mike Perkins' art. 
Um, that was all right. The last thing, oh no, not in this. I'm saying I like his art as a whole. He was one of the pencilers on Astonishing X-Men towards the end of its run. Um, he draws very solid. This is a more, I would say, real life, um, visually, not very cartoony. His figures have weight to them. They look like people, which is a, uh, which is a plus. The problem with this book that, funny enough, Des and I both agree with is what the writing did. So the whole premise of this book is yet another hero with broken powers trying to find out how to reignite or what happened to his powers. And it's just a story that we've read and read and read. And I don't know if that was the direction Marvel's going because of the Netflix show so that people that watched it can come in, pick this up, and be like, ooh, we're going to get to see how he got his powers or how he gets them back. But the story did not work at all for me. At yeah. all. Yeah, I, I have to echo that sentiment because it seemed like it was it it seemed like almost like a retelling pseudo retelling of like Van Damme's blood sport because it's like we have Danny Rand going around and he's like lost his connection to the to the iron fist and and he's been fighting uh cage matches with these people in order to reignite you know his abilities but but he can't like he's like I'm the iron fist I'm a super fighter and, and I let these people you know, fight me and toy with me, and then I and then I whoop their asses, and it's like they're like they're, they're nothing. And then this guy, this guy, you know, this new person shows up, challenges him to a fight, you know, and is like, "You should come to our island and and enter our tournament." And I'm like, "Really? He has to enter a tournament to find out who he to, is?" To Liu Shi. It's like, come on! It's so it's just so predictable. It's so cliched. The, it's like, the word I thought of was ugh. trite because. This has been done so many times, and I just, sometimes so much better. You know, who did it with um, Aja? Who was the writer on that? Who sent him, and he learned... Mad Fraction. It was Fraction, where he learned of all the past Iron Fists, and there were all the other, like, what, whatever they were called with the... The Immortal Weapons. Yeah. Like, that is how to re-examine and further what's already been done. I don't see anything happening to this new book. That adds to the mythos of Iron Fist at all. It just seems like it just was. It was just kind of like it was just kind of boring. It was just like what what's going on? You know why why is he doing this? And it was just like why. And I guess we're supposed to learn what's going on or what happened. And and then I'm thinking like how. But do we care? Do we care after a a really cool run of Power Man and Iron Fist? That is canceled because each one's getting their own book. I don't know. I mean, do you do? I, I don't know. It, does he need to be broken? Do you want to read a tale about someone being broken? No, I don't really. What do you think about it? Because like, how does this play with with him and with Iron Man and Power Fist? That book, Power is, Man, not Iron Man. Oh, Power, sorry, Power, Power <laughs> Man and Iron Fist. I'm sorry. Like, how does that comic like relate to this? Because in that comic, it's him and. It's him and Luke Cage, and they're kind of piling around, and everything's kind of cool, you know. And I'm like, "What's going on? You know, what's what's happening with that? You know, why do we need to have books about like? I understand wanting to get down to the character level and maybe dissecting what makes them them, but we're in an age now where it's hero versus hero and a bunch of introspection. 
Do we need all that? What happened to fun? I don't know. I just think this was a huge misstep. I don't know what Marvel was going for. I, I Nothing against the writer. I just don't understand why they chose this direction. Well, they were probably going for like, you know, what's going to be most interesting in which we can, in which we can, you know, tell us, tell a story and bring this new character back in. And I, and I honestly don't think they needed to do that. It's like, I, I just don't understand. It's like, if you want people to, to really learn the character, have them go read the, the immortal iron fist and read, read that book, you know, and then just go from there. Like, like the, there was people that went before him that paved a really good way. And I understand that you, you know, you want to, you know, carve out your own identity as, as a writer for this within your series that, that you're writing, but come on, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel because the wheel that they're inventing has already been done and it's been done better. What story was it during Secret Wars where someone went, they had to go through all these these underground um, challenges and they got different, like different people with different powers. Was it one of the X-Men spinoffs that was, it was something like this. I feel like this is the same story they're telling. I really don't remember what one it was. Um, all I remember is um, what I remember. Uh, I remember the Thunderbolts when that was like a Fight Club. I remember that, and that was kind of fun. No, this this, damn it, it's gonna piss me off. I'll have to look into it. But I feel like I've read this already. It was well, one of the secret. You've read it and you've seen it. I mean, that's the problem. Like you've read it and you've seen it, and and mo- it's just like that's something that's crazy. It's like this should happen in like Mortal Kombat. You know, it's like. It's like, oh, I have to go off to some Asian-sounding island and, and you know, face my demons, other super martial artists. It's like, come on, it's been done. Do something better, you know? And that's, that's why. And I've always loved, like, I've always loved Marvel's uh, kung fu properties, and I always felt that those properties were the ones that were never clearly defined. And I think maybe it was because of the time that they were made and they were uh, explo- exploit- exploitive characters to begin with. It's like... And it never really gave them a chance, but I felt that Iron Fist's last series did that. It explored so much, and it's like now we have to get this. I mean, even Car Andrews' version of 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 the book would that be better. was yeah, you that's know, fun. So I still understand. I really don't understand. It's just like this lukewarm thing. I don't know, Marvel. You could do better, and I really hope that you do. So yeah, that was a miss for us. I agree. Agree. So the next book. I want to talk about is it's the last issue of the last issue the last issue extraordinary I still refuse to call this book extraordinary because for me um in 20 issues this book has never been extraordinary oh, wow. it's kind of just been extraordinary it's just kind of you know um it was a, it's storm's team it, they're in limbo the school's well, not, in limbo not that much anymore nope So this is basically Storm standing around for half the issue, pondering their existence and what to do next. And in it, no girl uh, hears a voice of someone that needs help. Very faint. A faint voice. A faint voice. So it's all about Old Man (laughs) Logan. Like Oklahoma or something like that. (laughs) Uh, Old Man Logan, a very... 
old and withered and buff version of Anoli, which I don't know where he became. I have no idea what that 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 he that looked abysmal. Was weird. Like I've never seen him drawn like that. And then you have Glob. He looked like the, looked like the Hulk or, or crossing the Hulk and the Abomination. It was weird. Yeah, like a slimmed down Abomination. It was bizarre. No girl and Forge comes because now that Forge and Old Man Logan hashed it out a couple issues ago, you know now they can tolerate each other. I guess. Uh, and Jean Grey goes along, so they they no, go. Ford wasn't with them. It's South, yeah. It's no, South Dakota. Hmm? Ford wasn't with them. Yeah, he's right there. Ford, stay with the jet. Oh. I just said I was tired of standing around. Uh huh. But you're good oh, at I, it. I didn't even realize that. Like I totally was like, oh, because like, he wasn't there for the actually actual fight scene, right? Because okay. I was like, uh. And then Ernst, you know, who can hear no girl, and I did really like the. If you haven't read Grant Morrison's new X-Men run, it's brilliant in the fact that it gives new sentinels, new bodies to these sentinels, and that's what it is. These these new sentinels that... Quote-unquote wild sentinels. Yeah, and they were the ones that destroyed Genosha. They start to attack these X-Men, and, you know, they got to have... Well, they built themselves, the nanoviruses built themselves back because when Cerebra was getting ready to get killed by, by Emma Frost's... She, uh, her sentinels, she shot her consciousness out right. and it landed here, which was where Emma Frost had her... Inhuman hunting sentinels yeah, built. Yeah, built. So Cerebra is Which alive. again is completely wrong. I agree. You know, that, that she would even have... Again, I know we spoke about this a while ago and I'm just going to bring it back one more time around. After seeing her her kids... Getting destroyed twice, and killed twice. Two sets of kids, both times by Sentinels. But she, and she would use those to kill. I don't see it. Yeah. And I don't care. I've, we've had this talk in the store with other customers. And it's like, well, she was heartbroken. No, she, fuck that. Thank you. That's, I mean, I get it. She's crazy. She hates them, but. And now fuck everyone girl. wants to kill Emma. So. Yeah. So, no girl, Martha gives up her almost. The thing that reminds me, remember Nanny? Oh my god! Maker. I haven't thought about that in it, a minute. The told, first time I you, saw it, and you said that right then and there, it popped in my head. I can immediately see that it giant, looks like the that giant egg, egg head, yeah. that giant egg head in the weird. Yeah, I loved Nanny they bring and the Oracle Maker. They should bring them back. Loved that and the right. Mm-hmm. So now, like, I don't care about the right. I just want, I just want Orphan Maker and Nanny back. That's what I want. Well, no, it was because of the right. That's how she got her body. I know, but still. So then we get another pondering storm. God, storm is so useless in this book. She's all pondering and holding her boob. And she's, she's like, holding her boob. She's holding her boob down. She's like, I, my boob's here. No, it's she's it's a contemplative. She's like, she's like <sighs> resting her hand on her boob. She's like, oh my lord, my stars and goddess, you know. Uh, so they end the issue, and it made me happy they end the issue playing baseball. Yeah, it's their last it's because they were all mat or not magma. A magic was transporting all of them out because the Earth is no longer ground zero for right. me. It's awesome. And what they do, they, they play a game of, of um, Bobby, you know, says, I have an idea, and they end up playing a game of baseball. It's like, aww. Like, it hits you right in the feels. That baseball bat hits you right in the feels because it was right. like, aww. Because they haven't done a, it in so they're long. They're a family. They not really. Be. No, they're not a family. I mean, come on, we got we got... How many people are from various alternate realities and all shit like that? But uh-huh. I guess, but I guess once an X Men, always an X Men. I guess you know. Yeah. I gotta say, this artist. 
Oh, we didn't say who anything's by. No, you didn't. That's why I was like, what are you doing? I don't know. Jeff Lemire, writer, and it's his last book. He's done with Marvel for now. Victor, I'm just going to say Ibanez was the artist. J. David Ramos was the color artist. V.C.'s Joe Caramanga was the letterer. And a beautiful cover by David Yarden. Um, I, I think this artist, he's been doing the fill-ins. Well, he's been the regular penciler now for issues and issues and issues. His forms are odd. He draws, like when he's on it, he's on it. But sometimes his forms are, people just look weird and uh, they're not in proportion. And I just, I, I hate um, this weird costume. I'm so glad he's getting a new one. Nightcrawler's costume in this is just, it makes absolutely no sense. Don't do this Cyclopses. Or Colossus. Colossus makes no sense. Like, is he wearing a shirt or... Or does he have this weird kind of dicky thing that he's wearing? <laughs> it looks bizarre. That that uh, his costume, both their costumes look bizarre yeah. as hell. And I'm they're like, both getting new ones, thankfully. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Storm will be. No one could ever decide in any comic book if she's got a mohawk or if she's just got like a mullet with a little faux mohawk. Or, but she's going yeah. back to having a full head of white hair. But with her, her. That's the thing, though. Her hair is like even in the panel. Her hair is different. Yeah, from panel to panel, it, her hair it, it is depends. different. It's like I don't know. I just I love Ernst in this. She looks great with the yellow X, you know, bodice. It reminds me of the new X Men from when she was, you know, where she was uh, first seen. Glob looks like Glob, but just Anoli is so odd looking. But yet the guy can draw backgrounds and he draws beautiful Sentinels. So I don't know if we're going to see him on fill-ins for the X-Books. Uh, uh, the one thing I do not like is his old man Logan. His old man Logan is always constipated in every picture. Every <laughs> yeah, fucking he, picture, he he's got to take a dump. Yeah, he's always gritting his teeth and everything. I, I mean, even when he's happy, he's still, like, he's, he, yeah, it just doesn't well, work. Well, he's got old man syndrome, I guess. He's I guess. Like, he's like, Ugh, I'm an old man. I, I can't, I can't, I can't do my job because I'm an old man. I guess not. But <laughs> I'm really happy. The next episode of the Geek Chat, I am hoping that Des and I are giving rave reviews to X-Men Prime. We will be reviewing that next week. I have been waiting for this book since it was announced. I've been waiting for X-Men Gold in blue. I'm so excited. We, we've been reviewing the X-Books now from day one when we started this podcast. And it just seems that the, the love of the X that Des and I have uh, last night, for example, I was texting him. I got the uh, X-Force epic collection that Marvel released. <laughs> and it's it's based on the Rob Liefeld stuff, so it's New Mutants. I was shaking my head. And I kept sending him pictures. I'm like, remember when we thought this was cool? And it's like... Refer referring to Rob Liefeld's art. Yeah, it's like um, Warpath and his head is really tiny. And then like his legs are like... His thighs are... His thighs were ginormous. Than... But it, it brings back good memories, and some of the you stories were really good. You, and can't, I, you can't say anything about, you know, the nostalgia rosy glasses. You know, when you put those on, all that shit still looks great. Right, but I'm saying for story-wise, I just feel like after what we've read in 20 issues of this book, and you dropped this book, though, I believe. I did. I did not like you the whole situation. You dropped all new as well. Uh, yep. I did Next. not. I got tired of. I got tired of the O five. I got tired of what was going on because the whole thing did not make any sense. They were. They literally. They. This. That's what I mean. I think Marvel was sending a huge meta message to the readers. It's like 
we're going to put X-Men in limbo and then see how Inhumans does. And uh, Inhumans did horrible. Yep. And I think now they're like, okay, well, Inhumans did horrible. Let's bring them out in limbo now. And that's really what they did. <laughs> you know, let's bring the X-Men back. You know, the X-Men sells books. Let's do it. I'm you know? very happy. So next week, we'll, re- we'll be reviewing the last all-new X-Men, which I don't know why they just didn't release this week. So they could do a fresh release next week. And Prime. I'm looking forward to Prime. Again, new costumes, new direction, hopefully, what's going on with the, with the characters. We get to see a little bit about what the new writers, what their voices are, a little bit. Um, but I'm excited. I really hope that this Prime book is not just filler. And it actually... Like, Progresses sets, the yeah, story yeah. of them. But we'll, we'll set up some stakes, you know, about what's going on with this, with what's going on. It's like, hey, okay... You know, what's going to happen with Emma Frost? What's going to happen with, like, oh, do we have a treaty with the Inhumans now? You know, it's like, what's happening? You know, where, where's the school at now? Are you going back well, to we Westchester? Know, no, the school is going to be in uh, Central Park. Central Park is now going to be where the X-Men are. Please. That sounds so silly to me. But anyway. Well, we'll find out why. But it again, I want to. I just want to know what's going on with, with everything, and I want to see like what's up with Magneto. Like, how is Magneto dead but not dead, and how is he going to? How is he going to be O5? mentoring the O five? Very confused. So I just I, I want to see what's going on, and I hope they kind of set like I said some stakes, some roadmaps, and we get to say like, okay, this is what we're doing, you know, for the next couple of months. Let, let's go. Like I'm, I'm I'm ready. My body's ready, Marvel. Let's do this. And I want to apologize to you guys because. We were, I was really good every crossover issue with IVX. I read for you guys, and you know what? I could not bring myself to read the very last one, Uncanny and Humans. The last issue came out this week, and it wrapped up how the Inhumans, gem, uh, the, not gems, the crystals, um, the last part was some of the ugliest art I've ever seen in a book, besides, you know, in a Marvel book. I could not bring myself to read it. All I know is, long live the king and queen, because in it, uh, the last couple pages, Medusa and Black Bolt are back together. So, yay for them. Though I don't understand what's going to happen and why Black Bolt's going to jail, some interplanetary jail. And they're all going into space with, like, Novar... So, Inhumans comes out next week as well, Inhuman Prime, but you and I really don't give a shit about that. I'll read it, and we'll probably end up reviewing it. Oh, we're going to review it, definitely, but you know what? If I can separate my Inhumans from my mutants, I will. Yeah, that that was becoming really entwined, and I did not like that one bit. So, segregate them. Segregate them. Okay. So, the next book we're going to do is another indie number one, this time from Titan Comics. I know you're all like, Who? Titan does a lot of properties. Um, they do the Doctor Who books. They do the uh, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, they do a lot of, uh, like, like you said, some of these are a lot of books that are, are making their foray into comic books. And they do that. Or, or TV series or video games or whatnot. Because this one... Is based on a book. Is based on a book series. And it's Anno Dracula. and It's 1895, Seven Days... days. In Mayhem. Yep, and it's a it's a pretty popular uh, book, I guess. I, I I've never heard of it. Yeah, I had a customer come in and saw the cover. And he's like, "Is this based on the book?" And sure enough, it yeah, is. it's a uh, Anna Anna Anno Dracula. Yeah, and uh, it, it started. So I guess in the back of the book, it gives the timeline of when it starts. And this book is a prequel 
this comic book is a prequel to some of the other books, but but after the uh the for her first novel. So it's like a it's like a pseudo prequel, but uh but not, I guess. <laughs> kind of but not, I guess. Kind of but not. Um but it's uh yeah, it its writer is a uh, Kim Newman. Artist was Paul McCaffrey. Colorist was uh, Kevin Einhart. Letters by Simon Boland. And uh, the designer was Russ Seal. And it takes... Um, it's a strong female protagonist. She Her name is Catherine Reed. And she is a journalist, a free thinker, and she's a vampire. There's another <laughs> one is P- Penelope uh, Church Ward. And she is also a vampire. She is a society hostess, gossip, and a flirt. Then we have the daughter of the dragon, also known as Fa Lushi, and or, or Lin Tang, Madame Ingomar, Mingma, Lingmo, or Queen Mama, Mama Loi, and uh, Koriani. And she those is, are all her names. Yes, those are her AKAs. She gets around. She's she's sort of like Talia Al Ghul, and, and the fact that her father is. You know, sort of this like um, uh, drug drug lord. Yeah, but yeah, Talia never had to have eight five eight five different names. Who knows? And then there's uh, and then there's Christine Christina Light, and she's American European, schooled by her mother to marry into wealthy and titled. Sounds like rich. Uh, she's duly married to the Italian prince called Casa Casa Massimia. Casa yeah, this Massimo. had a lot of weird names in it. Lots. Well, because it, it was set in 19... And then the fat guy's name is Sunday. Well, because like, they were all... I think they ran out of fucking names by the time well, no, he got no, done they were, writing no, this. No, they, the, they were the seven days of mayhem, so they're all part of this inner circle. Yeah, and, and he's Sunday. All, and they're all named. And, and she is Miss Wednesday. Um, and he's the blob. Uh, Catherine <laughs> 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 Reed is uh, Miss Wednesday. And so, yeah, it starts in, like, you know, 1895, you know, in the Frisian Islands. And we see someone who's, like, a ghoul or a vampire, and he's a ship captain. With the same exact face in every panel that bugged the shit out of me. No, he didn't. He, oh. was, he, he, he's, he was giving me that um, that kind of Lon Chaney from the old, ah, you know, where he had, his face was all, like, he had no nips, and he's sort of like a zombie, and he's like, ah, I am the mask. Whereas, whereas, like, he sort of like, sort of like the original Phantom of the Opera. Yes, kind of but I just felt like uh, just the way the that the, some of the panels in this are great, and the one with these, they're almost like bombardier vampire bats. Bats. Yeah, they're, they're they're vampires, and because in this in this history telling, Dracula came to England and seduced the, the one of the queens of England, and started. Um, the royals were, were vampires, and so there's a, there's a subset of, of people who are trying to stop them as, you know, vampire bluebloods, and Miss, Miss Wednesday is part of, is part of that. And, uh, and yeah, I don't know, a lot of intrigue, a lot of stuff, what's going on. I'm sure if I had read the book, I might have a little bit more, you know, of <laughs> well, what's going on. Okay, that said, we never read the hell's the name of that book. American gods, but we understood what was going on in the comic. Well, I think that just I think the writer, uh, Kim Newman, was just throwing a lot of stuff at the reader, 
Like, there's a lot of... Th- this book is, like... It has a lot of stuff going on. Like, there's, like, a lot of... It really of, does. There's, like, three or four different subplots going throughout exactly. the first issue. And when, and that's something that was really kind of not cool is is some of the people sort of looked the same in some in some instances. And that was one of the things that I had problems. So I had to look back and I was like, okay, you know, she's wearing glasses. Oh, the okay, two women? The, yeah. The, I had a problem with yeah. that same thing. The two women look too much alike that... I kept having to go back to that first title page, which tells you who they yeah. are. And I was like, uh, okay, who is this again? Yeah, and then, so again, there's there's an underground, you know, secret organization, you know, and they're trying to, you know, go against Dracula or, or the or the aristocrats. And then, then they get, they get um, I guess, raided. And yeah, they get these, found out. Yeah, and I don't know if they're rat people or or vampires. They look like they're rats. I think they're like rat men or or like lycanthropy. But I guess Mister Wednesday is about to go. Sorry, Mister Sunday is about to go off. And there's all these different people, and they all have different names. And uh, one's like a human assassin, and just like there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going. A lot of vampire stuff going on, and and it and it's a period piece. So you you really kind of have to like that period stuff, you know? I don't know. I, I think it was kind of like like old school um, uh, like Hellboy sort of what it was trying to go for, but it wasn't as like dark and grimace as that. I don't know. I really don't know what to make of of um, of uh, Anno Dracula. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm going to read the next issue. I don't know if I'm going to read the book. I, I, I kind of was left scratching my head because the art the art is good in some places. That is the weirdest thing. The art is... Re- when it's good, it's really good. Yeah. And there are some beautiful panel layouts. Uh, but there are also some very confusing panels where you really have to be like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. The coloring is really good. The coloring is really good. Um, it's just a very interesting issue. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't want to say that it's bad. I don't either. And I don't, and, but I don't know... If I could say it's good, I just, I'm going to say it's, I don't know if it's my cup of tea yet. And that's why I'm kind of like, do I pick up the next issue? Because I like vampires I, and I like the subplot. With, with strong protagonistic women. Yeah. The, like the, like I, I love seeing the strong women. I want to see what's going on with, with the daughter of the dragon and all her many aliases. Yeah. She shows up in like two panels. Yeah. And then she's she gone. She says something, uh, she's like. Some kind of warning, and then boop, she's gone. And I'm like, wow, okay, she's gonna bounce in now. I don't remember the the girl right there in the corner. She, these, she was one they, of the. They all. She was Mrs. Uh, Saturday. Okay, I think you have a redhead, a brunette, and a dark brunette, and then a blonde. Well, kind yeah. of blonde. She's I don't blondish. know. I will agree that the the faces kind of look alike. But it's definitely not bad, and I think I think if you like. If you like the book, you should probably pick this up because it's only going to add more. Yeah, one of my customers more recognized the book. Universe. He's like, "Oh my god, is this it?" And he bought it because of it. He yeah. loves the book. So yeah, if you're if you're, and that's what I'm saying. If you're like a literary person who who has who has read if these books, you definitely. read books, <laughs> basically oh, is what you just said. Oh hush. What do you want to do first? Uh, your choice. Dealer's choice. All uh, right. I'm gonna say. So another number one this week. One of my favorite books of the week, I would say. So, Man of War, Soldier, Issue One. I enjoyed the hell out of this book. I this is I'm telling you, people. I don't know why some people talk crap about uh, Valiant's properties, 
But this Exo Man of War was really, really good. Strong. But I guess, again, I really, really, really like the, the writer, though. And the artist knocked it out the park. So, writer Matt Kent, who we reviewed in the, was it the last episode with Grass Kings? Uh, two episodes ago. And artist Thomas Gorello. Who was amazing. Color art, Diego Rodriguez. Letter was Dave Sharp. Um, and there's a bunch of different covers. A bunch of different covers. Um, I got this special issue that had a little bit more uh, inside, which, which gives a little bit of backstory about, about uh, the, the creation process for the book. Now, I have read most, most, not all, most of the books that came out of Valiant. Now, some are really, really good. Some are just okay, but I've never really read a bad uh, comic from Valiant. And this one is really good. It takes up, it takes up right at the end of what was happening in Exo Man of War, in which um, Alec, who is the, the, the Eric. main... Eric, sorry. I always call him Alec, but Eric, who is the... Because um, that's with an A, but I guess it's the old Greek way of saying it. Okay. I don't know. Okay. But anyway, he has retired on this planet. He's no longer Exo Man of War, has a wife. In fact, he has even uh, buried his armor. Yep. He's like, I don't need you anymore. I don't want to be this person. He's content... But he, but but again, he he's he's a warrior. You know, he was a warrior. You know, warrior king, and and now he is being tasked by the um, by the the rebels of this land, who are called they are called the um, the Cadmus, who are looks to be the ruling class on this planet and they are opposed by the Azure peoples and the burnt are the slaves that basically are cannon fodder and they are the the remnants of various other races that these people used to um steal abduct from various planets right. and, and that's stuff. exactly what happens he gets taken by these guardsmen to fight raise your arms well he doesn't have a hand yeah, his, his hand is gone. His hand is gone. Yeah, that is hand. still not an excuse. They still take him because he is one of the first waves, and the first waves have no weapons. They're not allowed to have weapons because they're all slaves. They're all kept people. And the ruling class feels that if they are given guns, they will either kill the people that are trying to get them to kill or run away. So they're not allowed to have any kinds of weapons except for these really cool Arm grabbers. Yeah, the grappling, the, the grappling gauntlets, because they literally get launched from this um, catapult into the side of this mountain, and then the 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 the, the whole battle scene is just amazing. The colors are just beautiful, and the and the artwork. It reminds me of a um, reminds me of uh, those old Conans. It's very reminiscent of Carrie Nord and uh, Frank Frazetta. Just very strong art. Just it's just beautiful, and they they get launched to the side of the, the wall, and they use the grappling hooks in order to climb up and over the wall up to the top. And, and if you make it, you you're there, but you still got to go across a minefield. Yeah, so and it's I bad. gotta say it it this book being a number one, I haven't read many of the Exo Man Wars. I followed it completely. Matt Kent, the writer, gives you just enough backstory. To actually further the story, it's really weird how he does this. Um, 
the use of color in it is amazing. The splash pages, splash pages, it also reminds me of one of the Cuberts. Yeah, um, definitely. No, it's, I'd say that too. One of the Cuberts, and the use of colors are great. Burning Men. Um, we noticed one panel that was kind of out of whack, but the way that it writes or the way it reads, it's written to make it think. You know, he feels it in his side. He got stabbed in his side. Yeah, he gets stabbed. So in one of the panels, he reaches down. But it's like, oh, my God, I was stabbed. And then he continues to fight, and then he pulls it out. And it's just another one of those page layouts where you're like, was this a mistake? Yep. And it, it really wasn't. It fits really well. And I love that Eric is, he has, like, no hand. It's like his his left hand is gone, and yet he's that does not stop him. Nope. And, he's and a he's, warrior. Yeah, he's, like, destroying these commanded, these beasts the, who have like these giant beasts that have like tanks on their backs, and he he literally climbs into its belly and and like blows, blows it, it up. up. I'm just like it's just so like it's so like raw. It's just a really good book, and I really hope and I trust Matt Kent because Matt Kent has written uh, Ninjak, and I followed Ninjak, and I followed him from a, from a couple of other books that he has written, and I'm just like I really think that this is gonna be like this is gonna be fantastic. You know, it's. It's like that John Carpenter Warlord of Mars. It's it's got all of that pulp goodness in it, and the artwork just is just is just amazing. It's a really good book. I this was this I was would definitely say, one of my picks. I would say the same. Pick it up if you can. This was one of those books where even if you have no clue who the character is, you are going to you're going to enjoy this book. It's it's a great first issue. Yeah. Oh, and the last page, it he, was like well, he swore off he swore off using the armor. But because he because he he made it this far and he was like one of the burnt and 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 a uh, and a person that they thought wasn't going to um, make it all the yeah. way and he did and and the big commanders like we have faith in you so we're tasking you he has he calls on his armor and uh, the armor gives him a really sarcastic of course you do yeah the armor speaks you know and I was telling a customer earlier who bought it uh, we were helping before we before we started recording. And I was like, it's kind of like Iron. It's, it's like a caveman in Iron Man suit, you know. But it just shows this issue just shows how capable he is without even using his this, armor. The armor. And now I'm thinking, like, fuck, what the fuck's gonna happen when he puts his armor on? I don't know. For an artist, the last page it's is beautiful. Beautiful. The way the the armor's unfolding around him to look like a mask. It's it's gorgeous. This would be one to pick up, guys. Three ninety nine. Great number one. Valiant. Pick it up. Alrighty. So our last book, um, and we've been we did this the last couple of times, and I think it's only because, you know, we we've really enjoyed what they're doing, and that is Superman Reborn Part Four. It is the ending of the uh, of the Superman Reborn uh, plot. You know that that went through two issues of Action Comics and two issues of Superman Comics, and um, it was written by Dan Jurgens. The pincer was Doug Mankey. Uh, the inkers was uh, Jamie Mendoza, uh, Christian Al Alame, and uh, Trevor Scott. Colors was by Will Quintana, and the letterer was Rob Lay. Uh, cover was by Patrick Leeson and John Klaus. Um, okay, so we get to see what's uh, we get to see a little bit more about what's going on with Mixoplick. 
McSuplik is, is upset because supposedly they cheated. And by Superman cheated. Superman cheated and um, did some bullshit. And but he didn't. He didn't. It Superman was, is truth, justice in the American way. And it was his truth and justice that undid all of what McSuplik was doing. Yep. And it took the combined powers of and Jonathan being a, a conduit Conduit, because in the last issue we saw Superman come out and save Jonathan, but we find out in this issue it was actually the post fifty two Superman and Lois Lane, so they had no idea what's going on. So it's like it's like they they couldn't they could not uh, occupy this and they'd be in the same reality at the same time. So so this one instead of being blue phantoms, they were. Uh, uh, there are blue phantoms instead of being red phantoms. So I thought it was funny because it's like red and blue. Remember the red and blue Superman? It kind of made me think oh, yeah. of that. And I, I was said like, that last time. Yeah, but it kind of reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. So because they switch colors throughout. Yep. And so what's happening is Mixoplex is like, no, you know, you have to come with me. This is not how this reality is supposed to be right now. He, he is going to be mad. You're going to attract the attention of him. And I'm like, oh, who is this he? Who is this him they're talking about? And he's like, this person is going to be mad. You know, kid, you better come with me or he'll erase you from existence. You need to come with me. You know, then I'm thinking, oh, shit, who is this person? Who are they talking about? What's going on? Like, I was really, like, like concerned. It's like, what? Like, who is this person? Like, what are they, what are they talking about? Which makes you believe that maybe it's Dr. Manhattan. Maybe this is, you know, because isn't it, hasn't it been almost a year since... Um, yes, it's going to start unfolding. Yeah. So, and in this one, we see that Superman, New 52 Superman, and, and, and Pre-52 Superman merge into one Superman. And so, same thing happens with Lois. So, it looks like, you know, all those memories and all those, those things that have happened to the New 52 Superman, New 52 Superman is a part of the old 52 Superman. And I was like, oh my God. So, they're, they're marriaging, there's this marriage of the New 52 and the pre-52 universe. I know, that, I know that's polarizing. true something. love really can conquer all. And I know that's polarizing for some people, but I'm like, you know what? I think with this, what they're doing right now, we are getting the best of both worlds, in my opinion. So, you know, what do you think about it, Rich? So they've already said that we're going to get a whole bunch of stuff coming to find out what happened. I'm wondering if that's what they're going to do with Wonder Woman. Mix everything into one. Because, what do you mean by that? Because in the, at the end, even Mr. Oz says, for them and those connected to them, twin realities are now united as one. Yet the question remains, is it over or is there more? Considering what had been set in motion and the forces behind it, is it Superman who will have the final say? Or him. Now, the him that you thought Mixie was talking about, you would think was Mr. Oz. Because nope. Mr. Oz was the one that had him in his locked up, locked up in his in his jail. But what we see in the last panel is a red planet or him. And in the in June, I think it's June. We get a Wonder Woman annual that ties up everything Greg Rucka's been writing about. 
And this is supposed to, you know, be the definitive, what we've been doing with Wonder Woman through the lies and all that. And then Batman and Flash will be going after the button and that little crossover. So by summer, we already know about Superman now. And now we've got the rest of them. I don't think Aquaman's going to play too much into this. No! Not yet. Um, I hope so. It's funny because in uh, the Superman Reborn, the ramifications, I, I'm like, what are the ramifications going to be? Because if they merge the two, what does that mean for Superwoman? What does that mean for the dead Lois if, this is, if they've merged now? Dead Lois is gone. What does any of this mean for Superwoman? And they're supposed to be attacking that also in her book. So it's really funny, this little, between two titles, one month's worth of crossover, which I think was great for DC to do. Not, it's not long, it's not, it just was four issues. And none of us saw the villain coming. I never imagined this. And no. the story that was told. And, and, playing it, and playing it in to like mixing what was going on with, um, with uh, the fuck. New 52 and Old 52, I had no idea that was coming. And having yeah. Mixoplex be able to remember what happened before Dr. Manhattan did his thing, I think it's Dr. Manhattan, in my opinion. And I, um, I got to agree with you. You said it, I think, last episode. I'm going to be really sad and a little pissed if after these two years, DC decides to change it again. Yeah, they need to just... Because they're actually telling some good stories. Detective's been great. This has been great. They need to let it breathe. And I'm really hoping that they do. Well, well, you know, bring back some things that people have missed. And then, yeah, and then let this kind of just settle. You know? And let the writers just write. I agree. Well, everybody, thank you so much for uh, tuning in for this episode of The Geek Chat. Um, and there wasn't that much to review, guys. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty small week. But we're hoping that with uh, we're going to be spending a lot of time talking about uh, X-Men Prime. That's well, a double issue. And as well as Inhumans Prime. And then I think Rich and I are actually going to rate them both and see which one was better. I can tell you right now, the X-Men's going to be better. Wow. So, you heard it here first, you guys. <laughs> Rich, Rich is putting his, Rich is putting his, 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 his put it out there. He's saying that I, it's going to be better. I'm very excited. I just really hope it doesn't suck. I really hope it doesn't suck, guys. Neither do I. All right, everybody. So, first and foremost, I want to say thank you for our, to our sponsors. Our first sponsor is Gene Gelmet of RLTPress.com. He's uh, the artist for the Geek Chat and a fantastic artist in his own right. He does all the, the pictures of Rich trying to kill me. So uh, thank you so much for that, Gene. He's also a uh, contributing artist to uh, CBR. It's Comic Resources panel. Sorry, their, their column, uh, The Line It Is Drawn. Uh, please check out his artwork at uh, either there or at his uh, website rltpress.com. Want to give a special thanks to Terry Miller, who is our mistress of the mix board. She's the one who does all those fantastic sounds you hear at the beginning and the end of the show. Thank you so much, Terry. And want to give a special thanks to our major sponsor, Whatever Comics, located at 548 Castro Street, between 18th and 19th in sunny San Francisco. Check us out on the web under whateverstoreonline.com or go to Facebook, Whatever Store, and give us a like. That's awesome. So, so again, we'll see you next week. We're going to see him? 
Well, well, we can see you. You don't know that, but we actually can spy through your little computer, well, we're, or your phone, or your microwave, or your microwave, <laughs> through your silly. through your DVR. We're looking at you right now. So yes, put we some are. pants on. Anyway, so uh, well, not, I'm not the cute ones. Not the cute ones. I'm Desmond. I'm Rich, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.